friends. How you doing? On this beautiful Tuesday morning. It's 7.37 in the morning. This is Life Unleashed. With me. Spiritual gangster. I am Cheryl Wafery. Here with Life Unleashed. To share my story perspective journey yeah so let's do this let's get started let's go into it let's have a little more fun today so hello good morning happy tuesday again i'm cheryl wafrey here to share my unedited unscripted life unleashed journey with you shall we talk about today so already I think we ended the last one at the 16.5 years the day I was reborn the birth of my first the day I gave birth to my first child first of five my oldest baby my first love, really. Um, yeah, that dude saved my life. Literally, I believe. And that's why I say I was reborn. I found a new me the day he was born. I found my voice. I found our voice. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. So I birthed this boy... It took, it was quite a, quite a birth. I, uh, I almost died. I almost died during the birth of him. He almost died. He was 42 and a half weeks. So he was overdue. He was an 8 pound, 11 ounce boy. Uh, he was only like 18 inches long. So pretty short and fat little guy round little guy he was also born with his hand up by his head Uh, so his elbow and arm were in the process in the squeeze uh, which created a a bit of a problem a bit of an issue getting him out Um, and in that squeeze and in that problem him and I both uh, yeah almost almost kissed death however we did not he was born uh, I was induced with him actually I was induced with Pitocin and was in labor I was induced on a Friday morning and went all day and all night and finally the next morning uh, on a Saturday morning they broke my water once my water was broke, he came pretty fast. It was a very traumatic birth as far as getting him out. You know, being only 16 years old, uh, you know, the body's still quite small and young and such. Uh, so yeah, he was born. I was horribly 
<laughs> disfigured, so to speak, in the lower genital region due to the birth of my son. Uh, I had something like damn near 300 stitches to repair, to repair down there, <laughs> to repair the damage from birthing him. Um, but it was worth it, you know. All everything we went through was worth it. I was in the worst pain of my life. I had decided I did not want any kind of epidural going into having my son. I just, uh, firstly, I think I wanted to not go the epidural route so that I could prove my strength. I think that was the first reasoning for not wanting to do the epidural, was to prove my strength. You know, I had the whole world, it felt like at the time, against me. Um, you know, my parents being angry and upset that I was pregnant, me feeling insecure and upset at myself for that. But also the world, you know, the world is kind of an ugly place to people when they do things that they don't approve of. And um, at being pregnant at 15 and then having a baby at 16, the world, you know, judges that and they have opinions and beliefs and, and the whole world was looking at me as a baby having a baby and that I couldn't do it. I even had my own family questioning whether I could do this or how I was going to so I really had an attitude of proving myself um, you know and that I could and so I didn't want to do the epidural I wanted to prove that I could do it without it and I was strong enough but I also did not want to uh, pump my baby full of drugs I just to me that just seems strange you know to to be new to life and to be coming into the world and, and then come into it like that. So I just never wanted to. I never wanted the epidural. I wanted to have a natural childbirth. However, you know, midway into labor, I was begging and pleading because I thought I was going to die, uh, you know, begging and asking for an epidural to the point, uh, I shouldn't say begging and pleading. I did not. But it got to a point where I really felt like I couldn't take it anymore. And I did tell my mother, I remember telling her that I no longer wanted to do this. I didn't want to have this baby. I wanted to stop. But I hurt so bad, I felt like I was going to die. And she told me I had to, that I didn't have a choice. So at that point, I asked again. For the, that was when I asked for the epidural. And they told me at that point it was too late. That if I had wanted it, I should have asked for it sooner. So... They wouldn't let me have an epidural, and now I'm grateful, but at the time, I literally thought perhaps I was going to die. Um, so yeah, they wheel us out of the room to do uh, the birthing room and down the hall to the sterile C-section room of the military hospital that I was birthing in. Because they believed that they were going to have to do some sort of surgery to get that dude out. Um, and it just, to be honest, the actual, uh, they were going to do surgery. They were going to do an emergency cesarean. However, in the world of military doctors, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, 
it's different <laughs> it's different in the military world so I'm in there and about time to have a baby and uh, they call the doctor on call and he is vacationing or out somewhere with his family and will not make it to the hospital in time so they proceed with me going ahead and uh, just giving it all I've got you know and they told me they had a conversation with me I remember very well I remember the male nurse I remember his face like I saw him yesterday that leaned down beside me and told me that the doctor would not make it there in time to do a cesarean and that I would have to birth my son and that it would take everything I had but I had to do it in order for the two of us to live so they hiked uh, the table up well they they tilted the table and put my head down and my feet up so the table was inverted to try and increase my heart rate and to increase the heart rate of my baby my son um, but trying to birth a child then with your ass in the air going against gravity is difficult not to mention I was in and out of trying to maintain consciousness um, I was so weak after having been in labor for 24 hours all the blood loss um, you know it was just it was very traumatic however my son was born my body was greatly altered <laughs> and uh, we survived we survived to live for many more days and uh, that was how it started he was 8 pounds 11 ounces I didn't get to see him for hours after he was born because I was in recovery and uh, yeah it was uh, the most amazing and most terrifying moment of my life or moments of my life the very first yeah. Uh, so yeah then we proceeded in the hospital for a few days there's lots of story there um, we were in the hospital then uh, we leave there about spend the next nine months or so six months maybe by herself until Johnny his father came back from basic training in the military he was in the Air Force and he came back and in the three-week span that he was back from boot camp before he left to fly to Japan <clears throat> for his first uh, assignment we got married he came back we got married we got married at the justice of the peace we stood on the porch of a judge's uh, business he had a his business was in a home in Colorado you know like a house that had been turned into a business and uh, he he married us we called around in the phone book asked a few people you know if we could find somewhere found this guy so myself and Johnny and my mother and Johnny's dad 
uh, all went over to this guy's place with my son, who is now about six months old. We all went over there and we got married. I have pictures to prove it. <laughs> but yeah, we got married holding our baby. Or my mom or somebody holding our baby, but married at 16 years old. Um, and what a what a start of a crazy adventure that was. Uh, my my parents were divorced at this point. They divorced when I was 14. Both of them remarried. But at this point, I lived with my mom. And she was all for me getting married. She was fine with it. Um, you know, she signed. She was there, all that. She was actually the only one with me during my pregnancy. The whole time I was pregnant, my mom was there. Um, but then I needed both parents' signatures. So I went to my dad and uh, asked him to give us a signature so I could get married. Of course, at this point, my dad was highly disappointed in me. Um, he had he had told myself, or maybe I just heard through the grapevine, I don't know, but as a teen, I remember him telling people I overheard at least I don't know if he told me directly or if I overheard it but that once my son was born that he wouldn't have anything to do with him that he was just didn't want anything to do with him he was gonna you know deny that uh, because he was angry and disappointed with me that didn't happen he fell in love the minute he was born however that was the case so my father was very angry with me And so, yeah, there wasn't a lot of communication. So then after my son was born and we decided to get married, my dad had, I had bought a car and was going to get a paint job done on it. My dad, being in, you know, the automotive field and such and having connections, was going to get it painted for me. I had a Volkswagen Bug, a 1969 Volkswagen Bug I had bought for $800 um, from some guys in Colorado that I had found in the paper. And my dad was going to have the car painted for me as a gift for my birthday. Um, for $400, $450, bucks, something like that. And he had not done it yet. So, you know, this is uh, August. My birthday's coming, but it was for my 16th birthday. And on my 16th birthday, nobody knew I was pregnant. But by my 17th birthday, everybody knew, and, you know, because it was a baby year. So anyways, the paint job was for my car for my 16th birthday, and my dad had yet to do it. Um, and it had gotten pushed off once everybody found out I was pregnant, because, well, my dad took a very back seat to my life. And he promised to do this paint job. Well, once Johnny came back and we decided to get married, he... Uh, that was the exchange that he wanted us to cover the paint job or Johnny rather he told Johnny that if Johnny paid for the paint job that he had said he would do that he would give his signature for us to get married so and not at the time I didn't see it that way but now looking back I see it as you know um, my dad kind of sold me for a paint job he sold the signature for my release for a paint job so I was like trafficked, 
you know, like, I was not trafficked, but I was, uh, I was sold. It was like a selling, so to speak, between these two men. It was crazy. Like I said, I didn't see it then, but now that I'm older, I can totally see into this. At the time, I felt a bit hurt, but not like I was later, and not like I can see into it now. Um, so yeah, we got married. Johnny left, he went to Japan, um, in August that year of 1996. And December 24th, Christmas Eve, 1996, I left Colorado and flew to Japan. Um, and what a trip. What a trip that was that, um, because I left Colorado Springs on Christmas Eve, 1996, and flew to Japan, and when I got to Japan, it was now Christmas Eve, 1996, (laughs) but it was the morning of Christmas Eve, which I left the U.S. the morning of Christmas Eve, so, you know, it was very, uh, mind-trippy, time-warpy for me to have left somewhere, flown for 13 or 16 hours, and then end up somewhere pretty much the exact same time you left on the other side of the world. So it was really trippy, but at the time I didn't understand time like I understand it now, you know, and I saw it as such a set thing. I saw it as such a, it is, whereas now I see it as such a mind decision that time is not set like that. You know, time is, time is a timeline in our mind, not actually in life. Um, so yeah, anyhow, um. So there I was in Japan, barely knowing this dude that I was going to meet, that I had become his wife. (laughs) So here I am, 17 years old, uh, in Japan. Not to mention the flight from the U.S. to Japan was crazy. Uh, First time I'd ever flown internationally. I'd flown a lot ever since I was a kid. Or I shouldn't say a lot. I flew a few times. I, as a child, I flew back and forth between Colorado and Texas to see my grandparents at times. But um, I'd never flown like this. So it was, a, it was a big deal to be on such a long flight going, you know, across the world. Uh, but it was such a challenge with a, a baby. I had a nine-month-old baby at that point. And being alone, 17 years old, you know, leaving the States. The flight was crazy. I remember leaving... Uh, Colorado Springs and you have to go like from Colorado Springs to Denver and then from like Denver to California or something like that well when I got to California um, the baggage handlers threw my bag and it popped open the lid to the formula I had the big ass canister formula I had to get us over the seas and it dumped and I did not know this until I had gotten on the flight. Well, once I got on the flight, I only had a fraction of the can left of formula. And no, no, no resolve for, you know, a 13, 16 hour flight. It was crazy. So here my son is, you know, up in the air with ears popping and pushing and no bottles to feed him and all this stuff because of the pressure. Uh, so he's crying and whining, and I have no way to soothe him, and this, you know, it was just insane. He did well, but it was insane. It was stressful. Um, so yeah, we arrive in Christmas Eve, 
1996 in Japan, Johnny greets us, picks us up, and it was a trip from there on. So, a whole nother story, a whole nother story to tell. And so I think I might wrap this one up right here. Let's just call it here, the, uh, the journey from birthing to Japan. And I'll pick it up there and add some more details later. But for now, let's just, uh, I'll leave it there for you for a second. Go about having my coffee this morning. So, anyway, have an awesome day. And I will catch you next time on this episode or the episode of Life Unleashed with Cheryl Wafery. Have an awesome day. See ya.